You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and oh, do we have a good show for you. Man, are you lucky to be listening to the program today here on octalkradio.net. I am so excited to have our first guest in the studio. He's a returning guest, but it's been a number of years since Andre Phillip, founder of Everything LA, has been on the program. First of all, let me welcome you to the show, Andre. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Rick, for having me back. You know, this show wouldn't be possible without the support of our advertisers, Center Cub, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs who are running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. You know, L.A. is known for its energy, creativity, and and fast pace. For those of you that live in Southern California, you know well of what I speak. And for those of you in other parts of the world, you probably know the brand that L.A. stands for across the globe. There's art and entertainment of L.A. is endless. And ELA, or Everything L.A., is your creative agency with an L.A. attitude that makes it possible for you to unleash your inner and outer creativity. Uh, I have seen some of the fine work that your firm has done over the years, and it really is truly an honor to have you in the studio. For, for those that maybe didn't hear the first interview, Andre, why don't, we, why don't we let them know a little bit about everything L.A.? Sure. So we are a creative strategy agency. So traditionally, you would call it an ad agency, right? You know, the name says it all, everything L.A., and you said it right. L.A. is a brand. And um, I think that what we try to do is capture what LA stands for. It's We say we're a creative agency with an LA attitude, meaning I have a big entertainment background, okay. movie posters, movie trailers, things right. like that. Right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so it's interesting when you, you kind of take my background and you take my team's background and kind of traditional advertising, you kind of put those together, what do you get? You get a very swift thinking group of people because okay. the way in which we work in traditional, um, let's call it consumer-facing product right. um, advertising is a little bit different than the way you would work within an entertainment movie client. But okay. when you take those two things together, what you get is a very fast-paced, hyper-strategic and creative shop. And that's what we set out to build, and that's what we're doing. We're talking with Andre Phillip. He is the founder of Everything LA. You know, as you were answering that question, I'm thinking, technology has fundamentally, in many ways, changed the way B2B and B2C companies go to market and position themselves, right? Because they have these sort of Hollywood type of capabilities now to tell a story that they never could afford before. Right. That's very interesting you say that. So we actually build an entire division, an entire department, if you will, based on what you just said. Really? Uh, Yeah. Um, It's interesting. You talk about video, right? Right. And 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 I sat there and I said... Well, video is such a clunky process. Yes. Right? To create. To create. To use, right. To use. And there's a time and a place for everything. Don't get me wrong. When we, we they're, depending on the budget and depending on what the point of what we're trying to say, you need a 30 second, a 60 second spot. You need that high production value. Right. But when it comes to your day to day content, if you think about how you as a consumer view content, and let's really think about that for a second. Okay. You watch a video on, let's say, Facebook. Okay, right? first I see it. You see it. I make a decision if I'm going to click on it or not. Right, and sometimes that's based on how popular it is popular or it what is. a friend might say. Or what a friend might right. say, right? And a lot of times it's popularity and length. If it's not length, popular, always length. right? Yeah. If it's not popular and it's long, why would you watch it? <laughs> and long, I mean, I'm talking two minutes at yeah, this point, that's right? Endless, it seems. Right. Yeah. So I said, what if what if we can start building content and give people moments, right? Give them five seconds. Give them ten seconds. And technology has caught up with us. There are people on online, and you know this as a consumer, that are shooting video with their iPhones, yes. their smartphones. That's pretty good. Right. So we said, what if we can get a team of people that can go out and shoot content for our clients quickly and swiftly? And that's what we're doing. Wow. And it's great. And, and it's kind of, an, and I said this in a meeting just last week, but it's kind of like the, the popcorn trail. Right, so mm-hmm. you see, you see the popcorn, and there's you, you grab a piece, and then there's you don't give them everything, and then there's there's more around the corner, and you keep following that that right. that trail. Right, and and I think content marketing, which is for me, whether you're B two C or B two B, being being able to provide relevant content to your client customer base, I think of it as a community, and to, to prospective members of that community is one of the most powerful ways you can communicate the quality of your brand. Absolutely. I mean, you said it right. It's relevant content. And what happens is a lot of times brands, clients, 
they think about what they want to say, but they don't think about what the client and customer wants to hear. Right. And so when you really think about it and we say, okay, why would somebody watch this video for, for forget about for how long it is. It could be one minute, two minutes, three seconds, five right. seconds. Why are they going to watch it? So really think about, about it as we are modern-day storytellers. Yes. Right? If, if someone doesn't get captured by your first page, your second page, they're not going to read your chapter, Mm-mm. let alone the entire book. Right. And so we really want to say, what's the context? Because the way you talk to somebody on your website is going to be different than the way you talk to them on TV and on social media because they're doing different things and they're looking at those mediums. Right. In a different way. Right. And if we don't understand what that person's doing, what's their need state, what's happening in that in that moment that they're stumbling across their across your video, it doesn't matter how much money you put behind it, it doesn't matter how great your idea is, no one's gonna watch it. It seems that so much of the content is backward focused. Like I'm so proud of this with my company that I'm going to tell you about it. We see that all the time. And it's our job. And I'm going to tell you about it poorly, right? (laughs) Monotone, drag on. Right. They forget what the essence of what you're saying, which is the the essence of proper communications is understanding that the receiver accepted and got your message. Right. Right. Absolutely. And 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 you you said it right. We we get in our own way. Right. Right. We say, hey, this is what we want to tell people. But I say, what do people want to know? And why is it relevant? And I can't wait for you to get to the guiding principle so okay. I can share the guiding principle with you. Because it really drives everything that I do Okay, um, and also everything that the agency is currently doing. Well, we have about three minutes. Okay. Can we go over there now? Let's go there All now. All right. We're talking with Andre Phillip. He is the founder of Everything LA. And as our loyal listeners who listen to this show on a regular basis now. And for the new listeners, I usually ask um, my guests to talk about their guiding principle. And for me, this is their philo- their overarching philosophy about how they approach their business and deal with the marketplace and their clients. So, Andre, can you share your guiding principle with us? It's very simple. So what? Who cares? Can you explain that? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Y- we were talking about content. Why do people want to watch content? Why is your brand relevant? And so... I look at what my team shows me, what I come up with, what my clients come up with, and I and I throw it against one guiding principle. So what? Who cares? Why do I care about that? Make me care and make me care now. And if you really think about it, even as, an, as a business, you got to ask yourself, you're in business. Right. Is it because this, is this a hobby? Is this, is this something that people really need? And do people really care about it? Other than the people that you're paying to say yes. Who will say yes. Who will say yes no matter what. As long as you can afford to pay them. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure small business owners and, right. and large business, they, they know what that's like. But you got to really look at what you're doing. And you got to look at your communication strategy and say, so what? Who cares? And if, if I can't and, and if I can't make people care about what we're saying, why are we doing it? Don't hire me. Right. I'm way too expensive for you to waste your money on getting a message out there that's not going to be relevant. Well, you know, that I opened the door to your guiding principle, and I thought three minutes was going to cover it, but my engineer just told me it's time for the break. So somehow time flew by there. And and actually, I had a minute left, but I want to save the minute on the other side of the break. Because when we come back, Andre, can can... I have two follow-up questions for that. One is, how do people react when you look at them and say that? Because I think some people may react kind of strongly backward to you, sort of like, sure. you're challenging me. Why are you doing that? And then the other key point point is, you have to get people to expend energy. Right. And I think your question is the question that says, why will they, even if it's a mouse click, that's still voluntary energy that sure. they don't have to expend. Right. And I don't think enough people, when they put their messaging together, realize how hard it is to get them to click that mouse. Right. So we're going to come back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We're getting into the meat of the conversation with Andre Phillip here on Critical Mass Radio Show with your host, Rick Franzi. Andre is the founder of Everything LA. We'll be back after these words from our sponsors. <laughs> Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. 
Are you looking for your successor? Someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. Executives Unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long-term. Call us to invest in your long-term success. 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com. Let our long-term success leverage yours. I just wanted to share with you my experience as a member of Center Club. Many of you know that I've been a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa, California for over five years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings there, my annual executive conferences there, which is coming up on Monday, October the 5th, and my daily business meetings at the club. I have found the staff to be professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at the Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you are looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then joining Center Club in Costa Mesa could be the answer. For more information regarding membership or using their private events facilities, contact the club at center-club.com. That's center, C-E-N-T-E-R, dash club, dot com. All right. As I told you at the top of the show, I was excited to do the show because I knew my guest was going to come through and deliver the goods. And in the first segment, he certainly did. And we're going to quickly move on. Before the break, you know, we were talking your guiding principle, which led me to think about, can, are there any stories or in a general sense, when you take that attitude to people, which is sort of proved to me that before we start this project, someone's going to care? Have you had people respond to you in a way that was sort of like, don't challenge me on this, or who are you to ask me those questions? Or- yeah, absolutely. I mean, people don't like it when you challenge them, especially clients when you they pay you, right? And we're in a service business. Right. But we are also uh, have to be truthful, and we are partners with our clients. And I think that part of our job is to listen, and we have a responsibility to do the best that we can for them. So, yeah, they'll get a little bit offended in a sense, not 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 mad, but what what do you mean? What do you what do you mean who cares? So what who cares? What does that mean? Well, why would somebody look at this? Why would somebody want to navigate through this? Why would somebody want to double click on what you're telling me? Let's get real. And I and what happens is it, it it turns the client and the agency into consumers for a second. And we need to think as consumers. We know, we think we know because we have all the data and the insights and we have a strategy team and what the consumer really thinks and wants, but we get lost in creative execution, good ideas and meetings. Mm. We need to go back to what do people want and what do they, what do they care about? And if they don't care about it, don't do it. Right. Because I I find a lot of times CEOs in Orange County uh, that I've talked with, they know how valuable their product or service is to the customers who have become loyal, but they've sort of forgotten how hard it is to drop the popcorn pieces, like you said earlier, right. to get them to finally in. And, and they assume that if they just say something enough times that people will do what they want them to do. But generally speaking, we only take action for our own benefit, right? That's right. And it's interesting you say that. It's Now it's the me brand. It's not about the brands out there it's not about any of my clients it's about our customer and our customer and who we became out of uh 2008 2009 and 2010 is it's all about me it's all about what can you do for me why do i want to drive this car why do i want to eat at this restaurant stay at this hotel use this technology it's not about you and what you guys believe. It's about you aligning with my beliefs. Right. So like the psychographic then, right? right? I mean, it's the internal hardwiring of the consumer now, right? which is much deeper. It's a, it's a lot deeper, and that's what guides our strategies. What is a consumer truth? What's a brand truth? And how do you put those things together? You know, we say consumer, but I'm thinking B2B and B2C. Yeah, B2B is... It's, it's a customer. Same. Maybe yeah, consumer is the wrong customer, word. But right. it is the person or organization that's going to spend their money on your something. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So so how hard... <clears throat> to help our audience to understand how creative you have to be to get somebody to click that mouse. I mean... I think it comes down to uh, making it simple, making it relevant... I think that at the end of the day, it goes back to having having a great idea 
and giving it to them in a relevant way in the right medium. It's not all about video. We're talking a lot about video, but it's not just video. Video is just a low-hanging fruit, something that we can put out there, and we at our agency can do very quickly, swiftly, and in my opinion, for a, a fairly decent price uh, for what it is. Um, but I think that we you need to look at the entire story, and we talk internally about, um, you know, you take so what, who cares, and you say, okay, what's the what's the universe you're building? It's not about the planet, meaning it's not about the banner ad or the little video that goes directly to the website. There's a bigger universe of communication that this lives in. So what I just described could be a chapter in a book, but I need to understand the entire book and where it's going in order to build even one line of that book. So it's really modern-day storytelling is what we're talking about. It seems like with the advent of video on the Internet, excuse me, a little frog in my throat, that people think, just by using video, that's good enough. No, it's not good enough. I think we also need to be, and that goes back to what we're about, um, The enter- what's the entertainment value? How do you take the, the entertainment experience that we have, the traditional experience, and how do you blend those two together? If it's not entertaining, think about the content you look at. It's entertaining. It's not about the coupon. The coupon is the end result and the nice surprise and delight. Oh, cool, I get to save 10%. But you don't start there. You start with something that grabs me. You start with telling me a story, and you start by being transparent and giving me what I want when I want it. And then you build that entertainment value. And if you can do that uh, in, a, in a very, very fast, efficient way, then I think you have a success on your hands. Let's talk about the future and the yeah. vision that a CEO has to have in today's market mm-hmm. to get the awareness of a prospect. It's interesting you talk about vision. Um, it's, it, I was, it, this, was, this was part of, this is kind of part two of my guiding principle. You got to live in the future. And you got to live, and I don't mean plan for the future. A lot of business CEOs, uh, vice presidents, they'll say, you know, we, we have our five year, our two year plan, our three year plan, our five year plan, our 10 year plan. It's not about that. I say, where is my business, meaning my industry, where are we going to be in 30 years from now? Where are we going to be in 40 years from now? How will com- people consume information? I need to live in the future. And I think that's my one of the sound bites that I would say to any, any entrepreneur and CEO is we get caught up in the day-to-day. You get caught up in the meetings. You get caught up in putting out the fires, their financials, all of that stuff, the, the stuff that's called building your business. But if we need to get we – we need to look beyond that and look at – what's going to happen in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I think that's, and you allow the future to pull you forward versus just taking baby steps and putting out your daily fires and, and, and putting together a plan that you think is relevant. And I think that, you know, I, I laugh and I, I look at my team sometimes and I say, I've seen the future and it looks great. And now I'm back from the future. <laughs> like you've traveled in time. Like, yeah, like I've traveled in time. He's yeah. a time traveler here. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Philip, who is the founder of Everything LA. Sorry that I got a little bit of a frog here. I really am enjoying this conversation, and I would like to continue it. Um, <clears throat> it seems to me that technology has really changed dramatically a number of industries, and one of them is your industry. Sure. Uh, you know, it's great to have all these choices of different media channels to use, social media, traditional media, but I would have to think part of your value is helping your clients and prospective clients to really understand where do we show up and how do we show up. Right. And maybe earlier, too, why. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. I think, you know... Um, Again, it goes back to, yes, you have your social channels, your digital, your traditional, all of that stuff out of home. There's, a, there's, there's billboards. There's, there's a time and a place for everything. Uh, but we need to be on the forefront of technology. And I think it's... Is there still a time and a place for billboards? There is. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I trust you. I believe you. I'm not going to ask you why. It's just to me. I, I, I think it's part of a bigger of, of a, a bigger plan. Okay. A bigger, but a very specific plan. company set of kind of companies. I would think, or niches, or industries would use those. Platforms. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that that's a great uh, brand proposition. But if okay. you're looking to convert and and get somebody to buy your product today, that don't do a billboard. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen on off of a billboard. It, it could through time, and you're going to get some people. But that's not the right. Me- and that's the, that's a whole media planning right, side of things. I, I, I say that because I say I use the word billboard because I think it, it's what's in our hand right now, right? Well, yeah, it's interesting you say that. It's how do we integrate now? How do right. we have these parallel universe? How do you watch the Emmys on television 
and what's happening in your phone because people are watching TV. They're watching the Super Bowl, and we have experience, as you know, with Wix.com doing yes. the Super Bowl this last year. I love what you put out on LinkedIn. Thank you. That, yeah, that was a great, great experience. And you, and you look at something like the Super Bowl, like the Emmys, the Grammys. And you're watching tell even your favorite show. You're watching uh, whatever whatever show you're whatever your sports favorite sports too, right? Sports, right? You're watching that, but you have your phone in your lap, and you're sharing information, and it's yes. and, and you want to know more information. Like you said, what's that? What the, the player, the behind the scenes? NFL's right. doing something great with this NFL Game Pass, where you can get a lot of that information, and that's valuable to people, right? Yeah. They feel like they're participating in right. the event. They're not a spectator anymore. Right. They've crossed over and right. actually contributing something. Now you're to in it. the middle of the of the action. How loyal are you when that happens? Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. And so we look at any kind of branded experience, and that's what we do. We create branded experiences. And and, and it's, it's interesting that you started off with a billboard, which is such a traditional kind of old school way of looking right. at it. But if I see that billboard, what's going to happen when I go to my phone? And what's going to happen when I go to the internet? and look at the website and go to social. So again, it's, it's, but I love what you're talking about, which is what am I watching on TV and how is that interacting with the, with the device that's in my hand? All right. So I've got to go. I'm apologizing, Andre, but this has gone by so fast. So yes. I'm going to have to have you back because there's more I want to talk to you about. Great. Okay. How does somebody find your firm online? How do they find everything? Uh, I think the easiest way is to go to our website. It's uh, ELA1, the number one dot com. Well, thank you. You've been a great guest, as always. I was excited to have you in the studio. We're going to have you back shortly to talk about additional things that you know about that our audience could benefit from learning about. Don't go anywhere, though, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Carroll, who's the general manager of NCH Tax and Welfare Advisors, will be our second guest here in the studio of Critical Mass Radio Show. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed, and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority? Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitment in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based and Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. Let's face it, not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. 
In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. My voice is recovered. I apologize for that in the first segment. But Andrew Carroll is general manager of NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors. He's our second guest here in the studio. We're having a great show today. And Andrew, welcome to being here on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk a little bit about your firm. What makes your tax and wealth advisory different? What differentiates? Why do people choose your firm? Um, I think one of the main reasons is uh, all of our principals um, are CPAs and financial planners, uh, which is a fairly unique thing. That is it, unique. It thing. hasn't. It's getting less unique, but it, it's only been around since about the late '90s. Um, and in particular, in our firm, um, all the principals we have there now have been nothing but CPA financial planners, which is an even more unique uh, situation. You've got several people out there that are CPAs that got into financial planning, but not very many of us that have done nothing but CPA and financial planning because of that world. Um, and I think that having that combination, you integrate a lot of different services and you okay. kind of really create a, you know, the whole is, becomes greater than the sum of the parts kind of a uh, kind of a model. So, so what type of client would find that most valuable? Um, small business owners are our major ones okay. um, because we can integrate you know, doing accounting, helping them, advising on the financial statements and reading it and helping run their business um, for a lot of the our typical st- CPA work. right? Yeah, exactly. And traditional, um, the traditional. Yes, work. traditional public accounting. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, feeding the financials into a tax return and then understanding how to, you know, how to get money out. Once you get money out of the business, what do you do with it? How do you yeah. invest it? How do you sell a business and exit? And, you know, how you run the business in the meantime will affect how you sell it. And when well, you and how you structure a sale will affect how you retire. And, all, all you know, it's a whole bunch of little pieces that all are interconnected. I find, tell me if my belief system is flawed, that business owners are much more attuned to the financials that, it, that are under, underpinning their business than in their personal side. They, they, they almost spend an inordinate amount of time on their biggest asset, which is their business, almost to the disadvantage of their personal wealth. It, it absolutely can. And that's why I think your model might, might force is. them to and have that conversation. You know, the funny thing is we are actually now doing – this is a fairly new thing for us, but we're actually treating a lot of individuals the same way we treat business owners. We're treating their personal life like a business, and we're really? running monthly financial statements for them and integrating all that kind of stuff together, kind of the same way we treat businesses. Wow. You know, it's, it's more my experience in, in – more directly to your to your model and assumption, it's much more common, I think, for business owners to get focused on one idea the wrong way. So, for example, I'm focused on paying no tax, which is a great focus, but can have lots of knock-on effects. Um, like, you know, I, I paid no tax last year, fantastic, and but now I want to go buy a house. Well, that you got to show a bank statement, you got to show credit, you know, tax returns to show income, and if you don't have the income, you, have no you, income. Can't, you can't get a loan. So. You know, understanding that some of these right. things have, and all of a sudden, my business that pays no tax, nobody wants to buy a business that apparently has never made any money, right? right? So yeah. all these things, you start thinking, you know, I, I find that a lot of business owners, more importantly, are, are so focused on the day-to-day, they more lack the long-term planning, okay. which personal finances can tend to suffer more from a lack of long-term planning, which may be kind of what you're referring to, but I think it's more of... A, it, it's less about I'm ignoring the personal and, and, and thinking about the business. Right. I'm really ignoring the long term. Right. I'm thinking mostly okay. about the short term, okay. which is why I'm focused 100% on my business right now because it's what's generating the cash for me right this month right. and not thinking two, three, seven, forty-two steps down the road. So Andrew Carroll, who is general manager, Andrew Carroll, who is general manager at NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors, um, what's your background? How long have you been with the firm? And what did you do before you were? You, can, 
I kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, I think one of our major advantages at our firm and one of the things that's been the most unique for me is um, what, what did I do before the firm? Nothing, actually. I've been with the firm for just about 13 years now. And I started when I was um, – I started literally in the mailroom. There was four of us at the time um, when I was an undergrad at Cal State Fulton. That's where I went to school. Yay, went to, well, yeah, I went to Cal State, yeah, went to Cal State Fulton, did a finance and accounting degree there. Sweet. Um, so, did you have Dr. Mira Farka when you were there at all? She, I did not. Okay. No, I, I know. I know her. I've been to several of her. Uh, I was only saying she's been on this show a lot, sitting yes, in that chair. Yeah, she's a. She's a. I, I like her a lot. Yeah, she's she's very, fun. Very sharp. <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry. And so no, no problem. So I started working for the firm when I was an undergrad there. So I have been, you know, doing education and training. And I, I started in the mailroom. Like you know, I first got a internship with working for this company and was basically. Filling out uh, postcards, filling out postcards to do organizers. That was the first thing I did for NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors. Wow! Um, like I said, when there was four of us at the time, and we have just—I've lost count now. We have about twenty, upper twenties, twenty-seven, wow. twenty-eight, twenty-nine employees now. Great. Thirteen years, and I've done every. Obviously, I've done every job between the mailroom, which is you know. Obviously, the lowest guy in the totem pole is the one that's got to sit there. Entry and Entry level position. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, done everything up, up and down. general manager yeah, in training. Exactly. That's all that is. Um, yeah. And so, you know, kind of worked worked all the way up through that stuff to, to the spot I've done now. So, you know, our firm is really one of the only ones that I'm aware of that has this combined consulting, operational management, financial planning, taxes combination as its core DNA, right? We, that, that's that's what we do. I, we don't know how to think like a CPA or a financial planner. We, we I only know how to think like a combination CPA financial planner. Um, and that's something, like I said, there, there are not very many of us out there. I started back in 2001, 2002. At the time, CPA financial planning had only been around for three or four years. Okay. So um, that's why I say, you know, uh, myself and a couple of the principals at the firm who are uh, of a similar age uh, to me, um, we're one of the few that got into that in the first window of where we didn't do anything else. We're not right. CPAs. We're not, you know, hadn't been CPAs for 20 years and decided to add financial planning. We, we built that into our DNA. Well, it sounds like, and you said that, that it, it's becoming slightly more um, popular now, or at least mm-hmm. more prevalent. Um, so yeah. obviously others in the industry are seeing this as a, a valuable service delivery model then. Yeah. Um, a lot of people see different versions of it, right? So you'll see people that have uh, split firms where you've got a CPA in-house and you've got a financial planner in-house. Um, or right. They're others. different people. Yeah, but right. they're different people. Right. Um, and, they, and they've kind of brought those things under one roof. You've also got situations where, uh, like we've done, CPAs have added financial services. Um, those are all good models, and there's nothing wrong with, I think, with any of those concepts conceptually. Um, but I think that people are starting to see that there's a lot more value in combining uh, and having a broader scope of the services you bring to bear. And I think that, to a certain extent, the job that a traditional public accounting firm, if you think about a sole owner firm of 15, 20 years ago, most of the, you know, a good portion of the work that, that, that those folks were doing isn't being done anymore, right? You know, we're downloading transactions into, mm, into right, We don't, right. you know, that stuff gets imported. It's been automated. Yeah, huh? all, so a huge portion of those firms used to be doing data management, and we don't do a lot of data management anymore. Right. Um, so you, you either have to cut your prices because you're obviously doing less stuff, right. or you have to start adding additional value. Yeah, for, go up the value Yeah, chain. go up the value chain. And that's kind of what, th- this is really the next iteration of, it used to be very complex to be a CPA in public accounting. It used to be very complex to do financial planning. And now because of technology, you know, in the same amount of time, I can deliver both those jobs. Wow. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And that's what, and it's, like I said, you move on up the value chain because I can do, you know, I can, what would have been two jobs two years ago, we're, we're doing as one. Right. And, and I, the other side that I see of that is as a client, you can afford to have more strategic relationship with your service provider because you're not having to pay as much for the rudimentary work to get accomplished because it's been automated. That's exactly right. And a lot of people don't fully understand or take advantage of that, don't understand the value um, that can be that is there and accessible if you let us have if you let us help you right? Right. the amount of stuff that can that we could do, especially with some advanced planning. Um, the biggest problem we have in that scenario is getting people to take the time to think strategically yes. as opposed to just, you right. know, I, I need to get my tax return done right now. Okay, well, we can help you with that. But, you know, ha- had we talked about this six months ago, there's these seven other things we could have done. Right. But now on April 10th, it, well, we you don't have a lot of choices. <laughs> we got to get, you know, either we get it done or we don't. We right? just have to get the money, yeah. the information on the form yeah, exactly, at this point, exactly. right? And you, and you lose that. You, you lose that out. But, yeah, you and, and, a lot of, and a lot of people are getting access to a lot higher level value 
a lot higher level ideas and strategies that they may have not been able to afford access to a while ago. It's becoming right. what used to be a some, what used to be strategies reserved for high net worth individuals yes. is now available to almost. Right. I, I mean, there's very very few of those kind of things out there anymore. Now it's very very common for you know our middle class millionaires to to right. do. To, to do what are what would be considered really advanced strategies. You don't need a family office to be able to have no. these kind of conversations, right? Well, we're effectively turning into a family office. Sounds except, like it. You know, it when we do like it for not, the businesses, yeah. we are a family office, right. except that a family office doesn't require a billion dollars of assets under management. It doesn't right. require thousands of dollars a month. We can provide family office services to a wealthy individual, not even a wealthy individual, for any individual for, you know, couple hundred bucks a quarter, maybe four right. or five hundred bucks per quarter. So all of a sudden, when you've got someone that's, you know, wanting to ma- you want to manage your own personal balance sheet, all of a sudden a thousand, two thousand bucks a year doesn't, that's not an insurmountable it amount be. of money. Yeah. yeah, it should not be. See, you know, and it, I'm sure some of the strategies and ideas that you help your clients with are multi-year, right? Oh, yeah. You, you need to, okay, mm-hmm. spe- and the one that I think of that is, you know, for me, most obvious is exit planning. That is the number one Frustration I have with my business clients. If you, any of my clients that have gotten yelled at by me recently, you can. It's if mostly you're because to us of, today. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly Sorry. because. Didn't mean I to pick said, at that that wound there a little bit. Like, but. Guys, it doesn't. You know, y- y- you've got to think of the exit. You've got to understand. You can build a business, and that's fantastic. It's wonderful to build a business, and you can dump all of your net worth into it. I'm I'm never going to disagree that that was a good investment for you to make. Um, but you you can't spend. You can't spend shares. You've got to have some way to turn this into cash. You've got to find a buyer. Buyers want certain things. You know, all this kind of stuff. And, and even all those plans, more than multi-year plans, right? You talk about, you know, we, we can, we, in ideal situations, we're starting five or seven years out right. to get that stuff done. Right. It's um, never too early to think about your exit, I think. I may have to take I, a lot of action in that way, but you've got to be contemplating it mm-hmm. because what, what I've seen happen, and again, test my bias, sure. that... Um, a business owner is not experienced at selling their business, and many times they're selling it to a buyer who has done more than one transaction. They're more experienced at yeah. it. And so, my my sense is, you're already a bit at a disadvantage. You don't, you've not done this before. These people do it regularly sometimes. Yep. Who has the hand? Who has the upper hand? Maybe a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have a solid, you know. Nothing will test your knowledge of financial statements <laughs> and finance and, exactly. and credit markets than a, than a sale will. You right. got to understand you can get all kinds of mixed up in you know is this a debt you know debt and equity and what people don't realize is that the approach I always take with a sale and this is what people don't get a lot of time is you a business doesn't just sell on a price. We don't just go oh well this business is a three times multiple Multiple-ful. and that's what it is and th- and then we do the financing. Go no if 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 I'm you know, if the seller wants to is willing to carry a note, they can probably get a higher multiple, right? Right. But if you want an all cash offer, you're going to get a lower multiple. So how you're financing this deal ha- can have a huge impact on how much you're selling the business for. Right. And they don't realize that they want to go. Well, how much is my business worth? I go, well, it's not. That that's the nonsensical question. You can't. It's very difficult to answer that, and it can be different even between one buyer and one seller. Exactly. The value, ca- the price can be different depending right. on how you structure the deal. The risk involved, and if I'm carrying notes, and if, if I'm getting all my cash now, it's lower risk. If I'm right. getting cash over tw- 15 years, it's a lot higher risk. And um, plus the it, add backs. I mean, you, you talked yeah. earlier about he got a, a, a business that earns no profit. Well, right. you know, uh, right. show me on this income statement, really. What 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 would it operate if I didn't have you in the business? And you know, that is almost never where we get tripped up. It is almost always in the structuring of the deal. Really? Yeah, add backs are easy. Okay. Every, everybody knows the game. Uh, people that are buying and selling their businesses, we all know the games. We all know what everyone's doing the same stuff. Okay. So typically, there's not a lot of disagreement. Okay. We got to show what the numbers are and pretty, but we all pretty much have an idea of what's reasonable and what we know. And you might be a little bit of nickel and diming over that kind of stuff, but that's typically not a big deal. Uh-huh. It's a, are you putting twenty percent down or are you putting fifty percent down? That's where the, who's carrying the paper. Okay. Is the bank going to agree with the valuation here, and are they going to give us the loan we need to hit the price we've agreed to pay? That's where those deals come into play. And uh, honestly, the taxes. People don't realize that yeah. if if you sell, I'd like to get a check and walk away. Well, that's fantastic, <laughs> and that's a really good thing. Yeah. And you know, but it's a brute force strategy. You're we we have zero ability to mitigate taxes. If you want right. to get one check that with no restrictions and no constraints right. at all. And you want to just walk away with that briefcase full of money, so to speak. Right. I, 
there's not a lot we can do to help with taxes, but if you are willing to structure the deal over multiple terms and we do advanced planning, et cetera, et cetera, you can end up with a lot more money, okay. but it takes planning and work. <laughs> well, we're talking with Andrew Carroll. He is general manager of NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors. We're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you if you can share maybe some well-known clients that you have or companies that are in sure. your stable. Of, sure. Okay. Yeah. So and that, and I want to kind of talk a little bit more about exiting, etc. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to continue our cam- conversation with Andrew after these words with our sponsors. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. My name is Rick Franzi. I am your host, Andrew Carroll, who is the general manager of NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors, is our guest. You know, all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, literally several hundred guests, companies' websites whose CEO has been a former guest on our radio show, and the business has put that interview on their website various podcasting-oriented, business podcasting-oriented services. You know, each month we receive several thousand, you know, kind of in the range of five to 10,000 downloads, partly based on just the, the, the guests and stuff that we've had that month, and we really appreciate uh, the loyal following that we've developed here, mostly here in Southern California, but not exclusively. We have guests that listen to us around the world because we beam our show live on OC Talk Radio. Net, which, if you're listening to the program live today, that's the vehicle that you're listening to us. So, okay, Errol, uh, Andrew, sorry. Andrew Carroll is the man- general manager for NCH Tech, Tax and Wealth Advisors. Um, it sounds like you have a very representative customer base of the businesses that populate maybe California, Southern California? Well, you know, we actually also have a pretty strong uh, expatriate business as well. Oh, you so do? We have clients. I, I mean, at last count, I think I have clients in... Uh, approaching 40 of the 50 states. Wow. Which is a lot because a lot of states don't, you know, don't, don't even have income tax. But yeah, you know, we, we, we've got a couple of big names. We, we, we work with a lot of senior executives at major companies like Coca Cola and Boeing and Costco and um, Toyota and things like that. Um, we work with some, you know, uh, some of the uh, people involved in Marie Callender's restaurants and um, Outback Steakhouses and things like that. But I think I'm much more proud of our representative sample. It, okay. it is the fact that we have. St- Hundreds of small businesses that we work with on a regular basis, uh-huh. all over, all over California, all over the uh, the country, really. But you know, it's it's not the big, flashy stuff. It's the people that are you know have got a warehouse someplace that are making tools, that are making specialty tools and making a living and bettering themselves because they started this business. And be, you know, uh, executives that have you know we st- that started with us when they were young and have worked their way up the chain and to now be you know 
senior executive. Maybe they started in the mailroom. Exactly. And now, now they're running the damn place. Huh? Amazing. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and everything. You know, teachers and janitors and lawyers, doctors, all over the place. You know, everything you can think of. I, I'm I'm much more proud of the fact that um, we're not exclusive. We're not some. You know, you, you have to have billions of dollars to come right. talk to us. Right. You know, we there is there's. It's very unlikely that there isn't something we can help you with. Somebody, someone in our firm has got that can help you with one of the problems you've got. That's outstanding. And um, <clears throat> I like to ask our guests on the show about their guiding principle. It, it, for me, it's uh, I frame it this way: of all the things that you've learned over your career, and it is your guiding principle is how you bring those into deciding how you lead and grow the firm. So you know, can can you? Talk to our audience about, you know, the particular experiences or the key lessons that you've learned that have evolved you into what is your guiding principle. I think having a very unique experience of having, you know, worked at building this company up for a long, long way and a long, long time. You know, I've made every mistake that you know, I've been involved in every single mistake this company's ever made. Congratulations! Been, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what we. What I have learned is after, have, after having seen lots of you know the new software, new tips and tricks, new tax loopholes, new investments, there's always something new and shiny. Um, but the the guiding principle that I try to run things by and train people by is um, provide value and bill for the value provided. When you do that, typically everybody wins. And if your business model is you're you're making more money and saving more money than you're paying me. Everybody wins, and that's a wonderful, wonderful way to run a business. If you if you run a business where everybody wins, then it's really easy to grow. It grows organically. You get lots of referrals. You get all that kind of good stuff like that. Um, and it's a it's a it's good because it you know relays the ethics of provide value. We need to do something of value, right? Um, and it is a smart business decision because you're billing based on the value provided. And I think I'm sorry, not to interrupt, no, you, but okay. I think I think one of the lingering lessons that we learned from the Great Recession is people are much more sensitive now about the value that they're getting in exchange for the money that they're giving you. Mm-hmm. I, I I would I would very much tend to agree with that, um, and, and I think that value gets underrated as a measurement tool, right? Um, especially in the place of percentages and dollar terms and you see it investing a lot right well what was your return last year well the return you got last year is irrelevant right, right? how valuable was that return did could you afford the up or down could you did it solve did that investment solve one of your problems that you had that that's the value that it's bringing to the table not some arbitrary number that that may not have any bearing on you know your future plans or your particular situation or you know risk reward trade-offs all that kind of good stuff yeah how how can you quantify the value that you help your clients plan properly for a successful exit of their business i mean you the roi that you put on that nobody would believe it right absolutely if it wasn't for us and they didn't start planning seven years in advance um you know so it's almost when you when you talk about value it needs to be, especially in the strategic, the, that can be the most valuable part of the relationship yep. is some suggestion you made that doesn't come to fruition for a decade. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely right. Because how do you stress test that? You go, well, you, you, you sold right. the business at this multiple. Well, if but if you hadn't had this advice, it would have sold for this other multiple. Well, you don't have to approve that. Right. I mean, you can assume. I mean, you can look at industry averages, but you you know there could be a hundred factors that play into something like right. that yeah it gets really really difficult um there is some there actually is a vanguard not and this is not on a business sale but on a on a uh, investment management um, behavior if you, uh-huh. you have to go google it to find it but vanguard actually did a study on um, advisor alpha and one of the things they talked about is helping your they were they i don't know how they did it but they quantified the fact that helping the clients make non-behavioral decisions Add somewhere between <laughs> one to one point eight percent per year in average returns. Wow! And they said, "Now here's the trick: you don't add, you don't add, you know, almost two percent every year. Right? In one year, you add fourteen percent because you have stopped them from making a, a stupid decision. Right? And then every other years, you're kind of break even. But then, but it amortizes out to be a very, very positive thing. Yes. So in some cases, it can be a very significant impact. You know, we're talking with, <coughs> excuse me, Andrew Carroll, who is the general manager of NCH. NCH Tax and Wealth Advisors. You know, you, you when you said that, you just you just, a light went on in my 
thought, and that is you're dealing with business owners on two of the three most, maybe three, yeah, three most emotional topics they have. I think the other one might be their kids mm-hmm. or spouse. We deal with kids all the time, too. Okay. So you so you're, you got them all, right? I mean, because yeah. when, when their investments are under pressure, their business mm-hmm. might be under pressure. I mean, there's... And when they, you've got a business, you know, it, it's almost as common for us. We, we work with lots and lots of family businesses. We work with businesses where there is no sale or there, there might be a sale, but right. you're selling it to your kids. Right. Right. Um, and that opens up a whole, that's actually a far more complicated product. Right. Selling a business is easy compared to trying to train and teach and transition and, you know, let let your children who you've raised but are now adults making decisions to transition authority to them and the business you built it's a i mean a whole mess of other non-quantitative factors can make that a very very complex thing so in some of those cases in some of these families we are we are very very integrated and aware of those kind of issues right almost a referee i would think to oh some, yeah to, in some ways we, we we have definitely done that before. We've we've had situations where we have to call the, you know, mom and dad and kids are fighting, and we got to okay. Everyone's got to come to our conference room. Yes. So we can, we're having an intervention because you guys, if this gets ugly, the lawyers are the only ones that make any money. So right. <laughs> this is our There's last no, chance to get this solved. Nothing to be gained from arguing. Yes, there. exactly. Right. So if someone says, you know, that Andrew Carroll sounds like a nice guy, and NCH Tax and Wealth Advisor sounds like an interesting firm, how do they find you online? Uh, best place is go to our website nchwealth.com. That's exactly how it sounds. Okay. And as in nancychwealth.com, um, I am on Twitter at CPA Andrew. Wow. Look yeah. at you. I don't I, I don't have Facebook, but I have Twitter. Okay. Do you use Twitter to communicate? I, use, I do. I'll use Twitter all the time to communicate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. get information off of Twitter? I mean, is it... I, I do. I do okay. a little bit. Um, you know, I don't I don't consume a whole lot of... My news is my news is a combination of I read the Economist, which is always okay. you know it's a weekly magazine, yeah. so it's always running a little bit behind. That's my in depth stuff, and if something happens that I really need to know about, like right now, uh-huh. I'd get it from Twitter. Okay, but that's my main social media outlet. That, that'd be the best. That'd be the best place to find me. I'm the most responsive there from, of anything else. I've done over a thousand interviews, a, a reasonable amount with financial advisors and CPAs and you're the first one to my memory that has a Twitter account and actively actively is using it to communicate with their customer base. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I've got a whole customer base just out of there because as you pointed out, no one else is doing it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this has been a kick. This has been fun. Good. Thank you for being a friend of the program. My pleasure. And welcome to the Critical Mass community. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call this a wrap for this show today. Hopefully you've enjoyed both interviews and uh, if you haven't listened to us before, find us on YouTube. Uh, type in Richard Franzi. That's my name, F-R-A-N-Z-I. If you want to listen to the audio versions, you can find us on Apple iTunes and various other podcasting software. And I'd like to thank our advertisers for supporting the program, and I'd like to hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 